everybody, it's Lauren Mobley, the host of Library Unlock. Library life can be full of ups and downs, but you can always come kick it with me and my guests to laugh and learn. All things library, all the time, or you know, at least until I change my mind. Here, I can guarantee we'll mix things up and lock it down. Today, I've got a tech full talk with my girl, Deb Zeman. I'm so excited to have Deb Zeman here with me today. Say hey, Deb. Hey, everybody. Oh, my gosh. I'm so excited to have you, girl, because you're like tech guru, and I'm ready to get it popping. For real. I, I, mean, I try. Talk about. We have a lot to talk about. We do. First, not just like selfishly, I just want to pick your brain. Take away. <laughs> like, I need to know. I need to get better. Help uh-huh. me. I will try. <laughs> So for those of um, our listeners who don't know you or where you're from, tell us about yourself, where you're from, your school, all that good stuff. Introductory okay. bit. Sure. Well, I am Deb Zeman. I'm a middle school librarian. I am in Dallas-Fort Worth area at a middle school. I've uh, been here almost 22 years. Before that, we lived born and raised in New York. Uh, was in publishing for a really long time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so listen, when we moved from New York to Texas, I had 45 boxes of books. So there you go. I've always been around books. Wow. And then rolled into the, you know, I had gotten my teaching degree, but my dad is an education attorney and represents like 75% of the schools on Long Island. So it was actually hard for me to get a job because, oh, you're his daughter. And I know, has nothing to do with that. So, yeah. What? So, but I did, yeah. Because I'm like, wait, he's the one that does the contracts. Why wouldn't I fight for what I want? Whatever. People are weird. Anyway, oh, people so are. then God, I did teach at like uh, alternative schools. And then when we moved down here, that was it. Taught English for 16 years and then. Rolled into the library world. And what level of English did you teach? All of it. 8th through 12th, pre-AP, okay. on level, honors. Got certified in AP, but never taught it. Oh, my God. I taught AP for one year. One, one or two years. I think just one year. And it mm-hmm. was like, I taught AP Lang, 11th grade. Mm-hmm. I was like, ooh, honey. Mm-hmm. These kids are smarter than me. This is oh, smart. yeah. The rhetoric. <laughs> I'm like, oh, yeah, sure, whatever. <laughs> Yeah, that looks good. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Sure. <laughs> Ethos, pythos, logos. Got it. <laughs> You're going to pass. Don't worry, babe. Uh-huh. You got it. You you wanted that whatever nine, you got the nine. <laughs> well, what did you do in publishing? That sounds pretty cool. So I worked, I wasn't an admin and assistant, but then I got into, um, my very first job was copyrights and permissions. So think about it. We're librarians that's what we're all about the copyright and permission so you know writing contracts understanding u.s rights canadian rights how that works for a book yeah and then fine print on the front mm -hmm. no you cannot publish this in you know europe you can only publish here and here it was a lot um and then i was in inventory if you've ever heard of book of the month club Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. They were also known as Bookspan. And even before that, it was Literary, Literary Guild, Doubleday Book Club, the Cooking Book Club, all that. I did the inventory for those, um, what do you call it? 
groups where I'd make sure we had the stock in the warehouse so the people could get their books. Are you phys- were you physically taking our No, 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 no. I did like the analysis and all that kind of oh. stuff. But I had, I had my point person. So we were based in Manhattan. And the warehouse was actually in Mechanicsburg, Pennsylvania. And so I would be like, okay, contacting my person all the time. Did it come in? And then like have to predict out, is this book going to still sell? How much do we need to have? Like this was when the Harry Potter and stuff was coming out. So you can imagine. (laughs) I remember visiting the warehouse for the first time and it was just like, have a Harry Potter book. Like I got all, I think it was, that was 19... 97 98 99 so maybe book two or three and we were given copies and everything since we visited it was really cool but you know and i loved it and i loved doing that and i it was close to the people who were production the ones that actually i wish i had a book in front of me i can't believe i don't um (laughs) that you know the book gets put together and that everything is where it's supposed to be so they would get the two or three copies or whatever and then I would get my free copy a couple months before it published, and then the other copies would go more. Oh yeah, <laughs> a lot of books, a lot of books. So, but yeah, I and loved you it. You, and moved, then, you came with like forty-five boxes of books. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah, the movers wouldn't move them out of the attic. My husband had to do it. <laughs> and then, then my husband discovered half-price books, and he's like, "You really don't need all those, right? We can sell some of those." <laughs> Yeah, yeah, so we sold some. <laughs> but, you know, now being so involved in TLA and I'm on three different reading committees, so I'm getting oh, books all the time. Yeah, I'm a glutton for punishment. <laughs> Goodness gracious. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> Listen, I'm not to the point of our friend Amanda, the next-gen librarian. I mean, that woman can read a book a day. Yeah, that's what... <laughs> So listen, we so I was we, on our last episode we had uh, Megan Ford. Yeah, and we were talking about those things, reading committees, mm-hmm. and we talked about Amanda Hunt. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm like, okay, I let me get Amanda Hunt on here because I'm talking. Oh, about you have to. Episode. The funniest was you know because we're really close and we're always texting Harmony and Karina and and in one I'm like, all right. To the reading cap, I hit two forty seven. I was never so excited. I said, dude, tell me you hit six hundred. <laughs> She, she hit 600, but remember, she was still on the the Maverick list, graphic novels. Oh. So those range from kindergarten to adult, so they could be 20 pages long. Well, and you can, they can add up, so, well, yeah. Yes. Yeah, I think I'm interested in maybe doing a, a, a reading committee oh, to see what happens. Love it. I'm on, but they're, th- like, I'm on spot which is spirit of texas so it's specific to texas authors but we don't read as much because there's not that many and they're only eligible every three years oh yeah and then i'm on the sci-fi notables which is through ala and then i just got on to the graphic novel round table for kindergarten through sixth grade i think Oh, no, that so, sounds really cool. Yeah. I think I'll break 300 this year, <laughs> if not more. 
That's so yeah. Awesome. And so you've not just been racking up these books, but you've been racking up all these tech badges. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I just you- just got book creator champion and diffit educator and oh and then of course the one i'm so proud of is the breakout edu trainer that's what i was excited to finally get and i've been using them for five or six years that's yeah that's so cool how are you you know infusing this into the library because i feel like i'll know you know a lot of different tech things and of course Mm -hmm. when a class comes in i can try to you know pop that in there how are Mm -hmm. you infusing different things I lessons in, in your school day. It's all about student voice and choice. I've always been about that. So like when at my when I was in the high school, you know, I helped co-run an ed tech team and like these kids became level 1 and 2 Google educators. Wow. And they were teaching the teachers. And that's where that whole student voice and choice, if you give it to them, let them run with it. Like some of my library ambassadors really good at Canvas. Some are really good at Final Cut Pro. And making the uh, movies and stuff. Yeah. And yeah. Adobe, you know, Adobe Express. I just let them choose. So I might be having like one of the things I like to do. I didn't do it this year. I did something different because I want to try to alternate. Because if you think about it, you start with a kid in sixth grade, you do a program. You don't want to do it again when they're in the seventh grade. Right. You know what I mean? And it's easier to just have everybody do the same. But when I did uh, international dot day, make your mark, make your dot, you know, go ahead and use whatever program. You don't have to use that piece of paper with the circle. You want to create something, you know, the, um, they design bookmarks. I'll do a challenge for that. Yeah, go ahead. Design it in Canva. Send it to me and you might win, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, with my library ambassadors, they just became the first middle schoolers in my district to be part, you know, that Wakelet Student Ambassador Program, which I co-wrote, you know, and co-created. I'm glad you brought that up. Yeah. I was going to ask you about that, about the student mm-hmm. ambassadors. Tell us yeah. about that program. So it's all about the six C's of future ready learning. You know, you have the creativity, communication, collaboration, critical thinking, but then you have uh, curation, which is the Wakelet platform all about curating, but then citizenship, because a couple of the tasks they do is um, like something they're really passionate about, like a current event. Well, you've got to go out there and you've got to find resources that are reliable. Don't just count on Google. So, you know, go into those Gale databases, go in, learn .edu versus .org versus .com and, you know, learning authority and finding out about the author and are they legit. So they have uh, five tasks. The sixth task is their portfolio itself, creating it and laying it out in Wakelet um, they design a student ambassador program flag. Well, there's that student voice and choice again. Go use Canva. Go use Adobe. Go use whatever you're comfortable with designing. You know, and that's what I say to people too who are learning something new. Go slow, mm-hmm. little bits. 
see what other people are doing. Go find your PLN. I mean, just sit there and troll, you know, <laughs> join those groups. So like Christina Holsweiss, a librarian, she's got the canvas, the Canva librarians group on Facebook mm-hmm. and you can see what everybody's doing, but then there's book creator groups and then there's Adobe groups. Just go watch what people are doing. And you might get inspired. It might give you that spark. Go watch the training videos. Be part of those webinars. Nobody says you have to be on screen and talking. You know what I mean? <laughs> right. Just go watch them. So go to the conferences. Resources out there. Mm-hmm. Like- go to the conferences. But nobody said you had to, you know, like, you know, me and Amanda Karina were always turning around and doing the next badge for some company, but I'll still use it. Like everybody was doing the magic AI school. Yeah. And I was like, and I waited away. And then I was like, oh, all right. There are things that I could use and like diff it. Diff it is a piece so easy to use. And that's the thing. Yeah. It's really cool where you can pick the grade level. You put in your essential question or whatever you want. You provide them with the link of maybe where the article came from. Say it's like uh-huh. CNN or somewhere, New York Times or whatever. You could put the link in or you can put the actual passage in that you want to use, you know, copy and paste it, give the citation of where you got it. And what Diffit does is it takes that with the AI and it creates vocabulary lists, short answer, open-ended questions, multiple choice questions, all of this stuff. And it even differentiates where if you want it to make it more layman's terms than like the difficult stuff, it takes that and simplifies it for your ELLs, you know? Yeah. It's really, they're, they're like that. Cherry pod is similar where you can take a presentation you had and upload it and it'll, Purify it is what it's called. So, you know, I mean, is AI moving at the speed of light? Yes. Every time you turn around, there's a new program, but stick with the one that you think is easiest. So one of the things I want to do with my kids this spring, my library ambassadors, uh, Erin Jewell, she's a librarian in my district. Uh She has taught her kids and she's done it in classes, but she's going to, she's thinking about doing it with her um, library aides, a podcast like this, where you teach the kids podcasting. So what I did was, is I took the, she uses um, ListenWise, because you can sign up for free as an educator and get the things. And I'm starting out slow with them. I took, they have these 30 second weird events. It's a 30 second podcast. Oh, and it's, 30 it's literally like three sentences all wrapped up in one. <laughs> so I take that, I put it into Diffit. Diffit helped me create open-ended questions. Plus there's questions that she has like, what do you hear in the background? What do you, what do you hear in the, um, the narrator's voice? Like all these really cool things. So what I did was I put it all into Diffit, took what Diffit gave me, put it all on a Google form. So they have this one doc where they can do it in Canva or Google, uh, slides if they want, where they answer 
like the who, what, why, where, when of the actual podcast, but then there's questions based on the text of the of the um, of the podcast, open ended, all that kind of stuff to really make them think. And I did like three or four. Then I'm going to expand to maybe like a five minute one. And it's almost like to get them going, because what I'd love to do is just one podcast episode with them about, well, why would you become a library ambassador? You know what I mean? Like, teach them this is what a podcast is all about, and then they can make their own. Yeah, that's good. And that's going to promote into the other students Mm -hmm. and advocating for the program. Yeah. So when you got to your school, was it already they had a, the, the library was already a techie space or did you kind of transform it? How, because I'm thinking, you know, uh-uh. we're kind of working towards changing the narrative about, you know, how librarians are uh-huh. the media specialists and all this and uh-huh. the, the tech savvy. So how was that, you know, I guess changing the culture of your school essentially to say, Hey, so, there's some good tech stuff going on. Like, right. You know, this the school that I, the high school that I was at before, very techie. We were a Google school, had laptop, Google, um, MacBooks for everybody, kids and the whole thing. Um, very into Google, very into Flipgrid, very into Wakelet, those, the big ones, Adobe. Um, then I shifted to this middle school and it, well, first of all, it was a brand new building. They had knocked down the elementary in the middle built this new, it's a STEM academy. So where I've got to try to incorporate STEM into it, but that accounts as tech. So my first year, it was more getting to know everybody, getting to know the kids, getting to know the teachers. And this school is not as techie. So what I'm started, what I started doing is that library in the loop. I started doing it last year where it was just simple things. Oh, if you have so many tabs, you know what I mean? Or, you know, here, try this if you're Google. I kept it to things that they knew with simple tips. Then this year, I've really been pushing the AI stuff. So I'm talking about CuriePod, talking about ChatGPT. Um, what else did I do? Diffit, Achieve. I think I did Achievery. Amanda is into that one. Um, and I just, you know, I'll, oh, here's welcome to the sixth issue of <laughs> library in the loo mm-hmm. and I'll put information about the app and then I'll have a little thing. Oh, it's cold outside. Sit by the fireplace and enjoy some ambiance music. Like I'll put a QR code or whatever. And then I'll say, you know, if you want to meet with me and talk to me about stuff, let me know. And then I'll talk stuff up with the kids. So like the kids that I have in my library, they're kind of techie. So they want to design things. Mm. So they're like, all right, what do you want? What do you need? What do you want us to do? So now the library in the loo, Potty PD, will you Mm -hmm. be willing to share some? Oh God. Yeah. I can put that. I have like, um, I can pull up the link and I'll put it in. I have last year's, and then I have this year's just at their Canva links. Please, please, please. Absolutely. Yeah, because I know that I, for one, you know, I think I might have made some actually. And I just like never printed them out. <laughs> well, what I do is I print out, I think we have two, four, six, eight staff bathrooms. So I just 
print them out and put them in there. And sometimes I would rather make a sign to advertise it to the kids, but not library in the loo. It would just be like, hey, have you ever tried? Da, 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 da. Mm. But we have to also be careful because of DPA and all that kind of stuff. So, like, there are things we're allowed to use and things we're not allowed to use. Oh, okay, okay. Because okay. of the Data Privacy Act. So, so yeah, my library in the loo for this year has been Canva, Perplexity, uh, Stick Together. Okay, yes. That is a lot of fun. And that's another way of getting kids into the tech is they owe, I, ha- I have an account where I can get the um, digital stick togethers. And I'll tell the kids, I'll post them once or twice a month because you only get so many. And at first when I did it during the holidays, I did the 12 days of stick together and I was just posting one, but I was like limiting them to like 20 stickers and they're all putting notes. They're all chatting going, wait, can't we have more? So then I just opened it up to the full and then I was timing them because I know they post at nine o'clock. Oh, nine twelve, we're done. Oh, nine twenty-two. Oh, it took you a little bit longer. So I love yeah. too with the stick together how you can set it to be like um, a couple of pieces are the prizes. Mm-hmm. So like if they put the and, and those of you who don't know what stick together, it's basically like a like a collage or like a virtual sticker paint board. My number. Yeah, yeah, paint my board. numbers. Yeah. And so if they, you know, end up clicking this one button and they won't know what's the prize button, but they'll mm-hmm. be able to put in their email and then be selected like, hey, you won, you've got the special prize button. Yeah, yeah. And then what else? Quizzes, uh, Cami, Carry Pod, and then Diffit will be my February and then I've just got to decide for March, April, May. So. Really cool. Yeah. I'm loving that. Lots and lots of tech that we can use. And again, it's user friendly. The kids love it because it's that voice and choice. Mm-hmm. Um, breakout edu. So who was it? I think. Oh, it was Linda. Linda was telling me how she did breakout edu, and she at first she started by doing her own. Like she tried to mm-hmm. finesse it so that she could mm-hmm. like make it without having to purchase it, and then she got some money where she could buy it. So mm-hmm. I don't know much about know much about breakout edu. Mm-hmm. Like it's expensive in my mind. yes it is expensive it is expensive but you can write grants to get the kits and stuff like that but i started breakout edu hmm, 18 or 19 well it was still at the high school and i don't even remember must have been with the ela teachers i got an account and they used to have what's called the sandbox and that's where people could post the ones that they created themselves. So they could either be digital ones or they could be physical ones. I figured out how to adapt the digital ones into physical. You know, like sometimes they would be just the digital and you have to figure out the puzzle, enter the code on the Google form, hit submit. No, sorry, you're wrong. Try again or woo, you broke out. I've created a couple. I did a... um. We used to do this thing called the Digital Citizenship Academy where, you know, with the kids and teaching them right from wrong, which rolled into portfolios. And then at the end, I had a digital breakout that I created. First, I created in Google, but you know how they're all smart and they can figure (laughs) out how to get the code up on the side so they can get the answers. 
So I went into Wakelet and created the Wake Out. So it's all the clues, but it's in a collection. So they can't figure out how to break into the Google form and all that kind of stuff. Mm. So, um, so yeah, it's probably Wake 18 <laughs> or nine had to have been 18 or 19. That's how long ago. And just hit the ground running. I've done PE, science, math, ELA, history. I can remember doing history in maybe it was 18 and 19. And the one was the Gilded Age and one had to do with stocks and the Great Depression. And I remember that they were juniors. And I remember kids coming back to me after taking the tax and the star test. They're like, how did you know that stuff was going to be on the test? I said, I didn't. These are just <laughs> concepts that you should be knowing built into the game. And they remembered, you know, that's all about gamification. They remembered, oh, yeah, we did that in the game. Oh, yeah. So whenever you tell them, because you got to remember, Breakout EDU is just a form of an escape room, but in a box on a table, as opposed to going to the physical escape rooms, which I've done with my kids before. We went and took sixth graders last year. Don't be in a room with 12 sixth grade boys because they (laughs) fight over everything. And I'm like, guys, we've done this before. You've got to read. You've got to really look, you know. But the kids love it. I love it when the 40 or 45 minutes are up and nobody's broken out. They're like, no, just five more minutes. I'm like, "Mm -mm, you're out. So So suggestions for starting like a newbie like me, Mm -hmm. getting started with Breakout EDU. What do you recommend? Well, the thing that I love about Breakout EDU, I don't hopefully know kids are listening when you're a teacher, you get the story, but they also provide you with a, no pun intended, a breakdown as opposed to a breakout. Like, okay, well, here's what they do with box one, and then here's how it leads to box two. So, and they have videos. So it's like you could set it all up and do it yourself. I have an English teacher, every breakout that I do, If there's an extra box, she sits on the side by herself and does it. She doesn't read the story. She doesn't read like, oh, give me the answer key. She does it herself to show, listen, it's just as hard for teachers as it is for kids. Um, Look at their digital breakouts. They have a lock of the day every day. And it's just one lock. And that'll give you an idea of, okay, okay, I see what they're doing where it can build up to, okay, there's two locks you have to break. Now there's three in order to escape. And again, trying it out yourself too. Like, yes, I know the codes and all that stuff, but I'll set it up and then I'll just put one box on the side and I'll try it myself to make sure I understand because there's been times even when I done that, I've sat back and gone, wait a minute, I'm something's not right. I don't understand. <laughs> but then of course you get this 13 year old who's like done and they get, and they're like, Oh, so, you know, we as educators are learning from the kids too. Yeah, exactly. So I love it because it can tie so much into the curriculum. Like the math teachers wanted to do one in May, just more for fun. Mm-hmm. Well, there's this really cool one. Um, totally 80s okay oh, that does it has good. quotients it looks like 
a Mario Brothers game, okay? But you have to put this puzzle piece together first so you've got Tetris, okay? Then if you read the clue right, the clue says, help, it might be Mario, help Mario <laughs> climb the mountain. Well, the kids, that's the problem with the kids. They don't read. They just want to jump into it. And I'm like, dude, read the clue. And then they'll read the clue, read the clue, read the clue. And then all of a sudden you'll see, oh, I get it. So they have to first put the Tetris puzzle together to get the quotients. So say it's like 26 divided by 13 or 8 divided by 4, you end up getting the four-digit clue. But because he's climbing the stair, the hill, the first number is the one on the bottom. Oh. Uh-huh. That's the thing. And then they had, like, it was so much fun because it was stuff from the 80s where, okay, now you have to take these floppy disks, which the kids have no idea what a floppy disk is, and you have to, like, read the story, and in the story is the clues to help you put the the discs in order, in order to figure out, oh, the color code or the number code or whatever, so. That is so cool. You know, okay, I'm going to give me a little bit more push mm -hmm. to, to try to find yeah. out, you know, I'm going to take the, the free, the free mm -hmm. baby steps. Yeah, just to, and like I said, start <laughs> like with the digital yeah. slow. You can create a classroom where kids can join with the code they're not asking for any of their personal information or anything. And the kids can go and try it. And it works great on either laptops, Chromebooks, or iPads. Okay. So you're doing it with them. Like, I won't post it until I try it. And I will tell you, I don't care if it says it's third grade. There are times where I'm like, I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> oh, I think I've lost my brain. So. <laughs> so, yeah. And again, I like how it connects to all the curriculum. Awesome. Okay, Bricotti so. to you. All right, mm -hmm. everybody got this. And we're, I'm going to make sure I put everything in the show notes for you guys. Sure. Um, I can add more links. <laughs> wonderful, yeah. So they can definitely come back and see these things. Mm -hmm. uh, what you reading right now? I know you're on all these committees, girl, but... Oh, let's see. The Half-Life of Love I'm reading right now. That's like speculative fiction. Amanda read it for one of her committees, and she's like, you've got to read this, and now I can't Ooh. put it down. It's a what YA. It's really that? good. YA, okay. It kind of reminds me of Neil Schusterman's Unwind, where they can unwind. I don't know. And then <laughs> Enter the Body, which is a novel in verse. It's one of my 24 and 24, uh, one of my Instagram friends recommended it. Okay. It's weird, but it reminds me of the Broadway musical Six and Henry VIII's Six Wives. Oh. And you learn about them. You're learning about these six, four major characters of Shakespeare. And it's like, hey, you need to hear our thoughts, what it was like for us. And I'm like, hmm, it's interesting. Yeah. yeah. And then I'm torturing myself. It's so depressing. I'm listening to Matthew Perry's biography. Oh, yeah, I know that. And it's so sad. spooky hearing his voice, knowing he just passed in October. It's right. like, oh my God. But it's fascinating to learn about his voice. And it's him talking. Hmm. So it's even more freakier because you hear the slur. 
and you hear how the drugs have affected him and his lifestyle and everything. But it's it's good. I like it. I love though when authors read their own books. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, I just love it. I listened to Viola Davis memoir mm. and it was just oh, it was good. Beautiful. It was so good. Well, doesn't Michelle Obama too. read hers too? Um, you know, I haven't coming? heard hers. I think so mm. though. I think she did hers. I don't know. I just listened to one. It was uh, Where You See Yourself, and it's about a girl. And it's kind of based on her her real life, but it's fictionalized, YA fiction, where she's got cerebral palsy, she's in a wheelchair, you know, all of her friends, and she's trying to decide what college to go to. And it's a pretty interesting, like, look at what people with disabilities have to go to in order to try to go to the school of their dreams because they're not always ADA compliant and like there's not ramps and buttons and elevators and wait, how am I supposed to use the door? What do you mean I have to use the common bathroom? Like my chair can't fit through and all this stuff. And it was read by the actress Allie Stroker, Stoker, I think she was the one that was in Hades Town on Broadway. She's in a wheelchair, blonde, beautiful voice. And it's her reading the book. And at the end, it's her and the author talking about their experiences going to school and what was it like, you know, becoming an actress versus becoming a writer and living how we are. And how has this like stopped them or not stopped them? from achieving their dreams so it was really good uh where you see yourself yeah uh i can tell you who wrote it it was fantastic and just listening to ali stoker it was just like oh my god she's got such a great voice and you know knowing that she's been through this experience too it is claire forrest f-o-r-r-e-s-t it's really good. One that I can't remember. Somebody on Instagram told me about it. They're like, just read it. Just read it. <laughs> one day. I was through it in one day. It was Ooh, fantastic. Yeah. Right, that's a moment, too. This so, yeah. list is growing. My TBR list is ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for that. Listen, I just have like 9 million. I mean, Edelweiss and NetGalley are going to cut me off one of these days. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'll take it. I'll take it. I'll take it. And then I forget to do reviews. Or, oh, my God, they're not going to give me access because I haven't done enough reviews. So, I don't know. Deb, you are such a wealth of information. I'm so grateful that you were able to come on and speak Thank with us you. today. Thanks for having me. This has been a blast. I could talk for like 40,000 well, years. Listen, it's a master class in tech, girl. So, um, before you go, where can our listeners find you if they want to connect? Anywhere on Blue Sky, Instagram, X, Twitter, whatever you want to call it. It's at... Z underscore Brarian. I changed it a couple, about two years ago. It was kind of boring, just Deb Zeman LMS. I'm like, I want to do something different. Well, I'm surprised <laughs> at how many Zs are actually out there because I was like, oh, I'm going to try this one. Wait a minute. What do you mean it's taken? <laughs> uh, I can't. So. I love that. Yeah. All right, Deb. I thank you again so much. Absolutely. Thank you. Deb knows what's going on, honey. Please connect with her to keep learning and growing. If you enjoyed listening, please consider leaving a review, sharing with a friend, and following for more content. 
I'll see you next week to discuss read aloud strategies and more fun with my friend, Daryl Hawkins. <laughs>